Hey, this is Romy. And this is Aaron. Thanks for listening to our podcast where we talk all about relationships. Ladies, how guys can break your bed, not your heart. How to attract that partner of your dreams. And heal from the wounds that past relationships have left us with. It's going to be hot. And funny. With real stories to help you get your questions answered. Let's go for a ride. We're back. This is episode six. It's pretty rad to keep going, Romy. Yeah. People are loving it, so we'll keep giving it to them. Yeah. So today's topic is really special for both of us. Hopefully, Mm -hmm. it's special for you. It's all about unicorn hunting. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Unicorns are not always magical. That's true. They can stab you with that horn. (laughs) (laughs) So you better look out. And they usually have hooves, and so you you can't just walk up behind them, right? (laughs) It's not always a wand. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) No, but today today there's three different um, parts to this that we really want to hit on. And so the first we wanted to talk about is really more of our experiences and it's it's not just about the hunting side of it. It's the struggle of letting go of someone you actually love. And why that is important as we talk about unicorn hunting. And then we'll get into like how we actually go about doing that. And then and then once we go through that process, the ideal here is how do we attract? How do we <laughs> how do we rescue? No, we don't rescue anybody. But how do we have that unicorn in our lives? How do we find them? How do we, you know, yeah. find that partner? So, Romy, love for you to enlighten us here as okay. we start. I have a fascination, everyone, with unicorns. My entire bedroom is unicorns. I just had a unicorn 40th birthday last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I would do it again, right? Because <laughs> it was so awesome seeing it. adults in unicorn gear. Um, but I just love them. Like we live in a world of reality and reality, I'll speak for myself, is not always kind. (laughs) And that doesn't mean that I am pessimistic. That's real. Mm -hmm. That's real life, right? Things happen to us. And so life is not always exciting and magical, right? And so I think I just kind of took on this unicorn, um, fetish, if you will, (laughs) because I just wanted something to believe in yeah something magical something magical to believe in Mm -hmm. right so i have a full tattoo on my forearm just to remind myself you know um that life can be can be magical Mm -hmm. and i just love them i just love the way they look (laughs) i love everything about them so um when aaron brought this topic to me of unicorn hunting of course i'm in right that's right (laughs) has the name in the title but (laughs) in all seriousness it's um, it's actually kind of a, a a topic on grief. It is, isn't it? Yeah. And not magic, but we'll get to the magic at the end. So Definitely. if you guys can just kind of bear with us through this, <laughs> um, I think you'll learn a lot, and then we can have a little fun at the end. Yeah. Um, getting to what we all really want, you know. Right. Let me preface with everybody's unicorn, if you will, is different. Yeah. For everybody. Totally. Right. Mine is not. Mine is not yours. So um, it means something different to everybody. And we're not looking for perfect people. In fact, I love imperfect yeah. people. Yeah. You know, yeah. I was going to make a joke that I can fix. No, I would never do that. But just, <laughs> uh, <laughs> right? Yeah. So we're going to talk about these subjects. Um, Aaron came up with some really, really good ideas. Yeah. I, 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 if you don't mind, I can share a quick story. No, please. Yeah. So. When we talk about the struggle of letting go of someone we love, the first thing is, is like, 
when we actually love somebody, when we actually love them, like, like we're in all love. in, we're in love, we perceive them as a unicorn. Because out of everybody that we've dated in the past, out of everything that's happened prior to that point, we're like, oh my gosh, this is my person. Yep. And then things happen. Because be, you go on tons of dates, right? Yeah, you go on right. tons of dates or you meet tons of people, right? Yeah. And then all of a sudden you've selected one. Right. One yeah. out of how many people in this world, one. And they've selected you. Right? Mm-hmm. So you think, yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right? Not always. Yeah. But yeah, you've picked this one person. Yeah. And so go on. Sorry. No. And so I, I guess I wanted to kind of share, well, two, the last two relationships that I've been in, I would consider them to be unicorns i i really did think that they were unicorns okay and i'll talk about the most recent there's certain you know traits that were very similar you know and and one of the things i guess i'll point off point out before we really dive into the story is you know when we talked i think it was a couple episodes ago it was about how like identifying the surface level stuff that you like about somebody like what does your unicorn actually look like and then asking why to get down to more like actual values yeah. that you want in someone, you know? So it's not just about like the colorful hair of a unicorn. It's actually yeah. about like the experience that they're providing. And, you know, we talked about trucks and what does that mean? You know, country. And we went down, down that route. But like for me, um, with both of, with both of these last relationships, they, they were people that, were not just optimistic about life, but they had a passion to develop themselves. And and that's that's kind of almost critical for me. It's not that like I always want to be life coach on. I don't. But I need to have feel like there's a safe space for me to be able to communicate with someone that's passionate about their own personal growth. Because it's a continual thing for me. Right. And I need someone that can check me as I'm checking myself. And if they're not willing to look at themselves, all it's very hard for them to be able to have the mindset and also the understanding on how to help somebody else. So it's not just about pointing fingers. It's about helping them elevate. And so I, in this story, what I'll share is, is that like in the past, my past, I've, I've always wanted to be the, always wanted to be, I don't know if it was wanted or not, but like I there was this idea of being the knight in shining armor, okay. you know, I, it was always the, the rescuer. It was always the, the, someone that like saw the potential in someone and, um, you know, and, and just saw they could work. So the, the reason I share that is because the long-term relationship, it was all about pers- perspective. It was always about, it was always about like things could change. And so just believe in the possibility. The magic is there from a chemistry standpoint. The magic is there from all these other things. But there were some heavy things. You know, you, you talk about someone that hasn't necessarily been divorced. Like they've been trying for years, but they're in a situation that it's hard for them to get out of. Right. You know, is that something that you turn a blind eye to? You know, it, you think that you know in the moment, right? Yeah. You, you're going in with your heart open. You're, you're present in your mind. You know, and there's, and there's other elements to it where it's just like, okay, there's, they have these other things that they can move past. And so it was, it was looking at it, you know, with this woman in the long-term relationship, it was, okay, I'm okay with who she is now. I'm not having to change her. 
But in order for us to have a long-term relationship, those things do need to change. And so I can, I can hang. I can build a relationship with someone and just see where it goes because I'm not going to be so hard-hearted to, to just say, nope, you're not going to do. Because that's not fair either if, in fact, like I truly believe in, in people in their own personal journeys and growth because no one's right. perfect and all those things. And so, so you went all in and yeah. then you saw some things that you were like, oh, man, right. like it's not scaring me off, right. but it for a future future it would need to change. It would need to change. Right? She yeah. has to be divorced to be with <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so that's a given. Yep. Right? Yeah. So is that what you're saying? Exactly. And then you weren't going to give up on her because those things can change. She yeah. can get the divorce because she was working on it. Yeah. Right? And then you guys can go into your unicorn fairy tale. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Is that fair? Totally. And, and so, you know, you have like the... You know, you have the chemical reactions. The more time you spend with somebody, those those chemicals build, and so you create that bond yeah. energetically and even just physically. You create those bonds, and then the more time that you spend, they do become that unicorn, despite you know these other things that haven't necessarily been resolved. And the reason I share that is because it's it there is a balance when when we talk about unicorn hunting, like. In that situation, like I was, I dated her for about a year and a half, you know, and perception is reality. You know, I, I, she's, she's an amazing woman. Unfortunately, there were things that came out, especially at the end that changed that reality. And all of a sudden the unicorn was no longer a unicorn. It was like the horn fell off and like. (laughs) The colors just washed <laughs> out in the rain and all that. And you're just like, wait, wh- wh- what? Yeah. And it, it's heartbreaking. Human. It's heartbreaking. <laughs> but it, the, reason, the reason why that's important is because I, don't, I do not um, look back and regret that year and a half of building a relationship with that woman. She's an amazing woman. But the personal struggles that she has, and to be, to be honest – that was the big one. She couldn't be honest with herself and she couldn't be honest with me or I don't know how many other people. And so the stories and the things that were told and like how she hid things from the public view and the narrative that she was sharing, like I went along with all of it until like there was so much evidence that it just, no more unicorn. (laughs) No more unicorn. And so the reason I share that is because it's important to, to see what it looks like from from that perspective but then going into the next so like i went out of that relationship and i grieved it sucked and i told myself like okay aaron like this is what we're learning from this situation like you got to make sure not have your guard up but like that you are very in tune with your heart and your soul and to be able to pick up on whether they really are being honest with themselves you know and in all these things and i met somebody I met somebody that did all the things and I was checking myself. I was, I was so in tune. I thought, right. Yeah. And it was amazing fireworks right from the get go. It was just incredible. And it wasn't like, I just, just wanted to just jump into something, but I really did. And I, I, that was one of the things I told myself, I said, I'm not going to be like everybody else. It's just like, oh, I'm going to barely put my foot out there. And cautious. like, no, I completely surrender. God, like this person has come into my life. I am fully aware 
I am fully aware of what I'm doing. I'm not creating an emotional attachment that's codependent. And I'm asking all of the hard questions too. And can they not only hang, but do they fit? Do they fit the puzzle pieces that I need in order for me to actually see them as unicorn? And they did. However, and you trusted yourself however, because of what happened on the last one. Right. However, this particular person, like, what, you know, and, and this is why I prefaced before with, like, you know, every unicorn has its flaws and all those things. Mm -hmm. It's just, and you mentioned even, you know, what, who we see as a unicorn might be different than someone else, you know. Yeah. With this particular person in this recent relationship, um, like, she's, I'll just say it. So she's, she was diagnosed as bipolar. Okay. And, you know, it, I, looking back, I had to check myself really hard. It's like, Aaron, are you trying to be a rescuer? Are you trying to take on a project? Or do you actually see the person as is, as completely lovable? It's like, not just lovable, but like as a partner, as your equal. And I did. Yeah. And that was what was so crazy. And in the narrative that was told to me by her was, it's amazing that we're like healed that we're like in a much healthier place. Mm -hmm. And there was no red flag. So even though she told me that, she told me she was also on medication and everything was working. Everything was amazing. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't like, you, you know, when you study, you know, uh, multiple personality disorder and, or even bipolar, like there's those episodes of mania. And people think of mania as just crazy. No, it's not necessarily crazy. It's that they're just super, super happy all the time. I dated a girl that was also bipolar. And so I had that other experience to look back on. And, and so it wasn't that she was just like so elated all the time. Everything was roses and butterflies. Yeah. But at the same time, like there, there just wasn't, even though there was, you know, I'm using, <laughs> I'm trying to like dumb it down. <laughs> there was recognition that that was a reality, but it felt like, and it, you know, the actual experience had shown that she was handling it like a champ. Right. And so I went into that relationship feeling full well that I understood the issue, understanding who she really was, understanding how well we matched. And it was, it was just heartbreaking. Um, and so I don't know how much to dive in here. I'll share this because I think you know, some people can relate, some people can't. When we talk about triggers, like everyone has them. And um, I don't know enough about that particular, I'll call it a disease because it is. Um, but I do know that just like anybody else that has dealt with trauma, right. um, you do have trauma response with bipolar. But when someone gets triggered, they get triggered. And the way that it happened. Which is also one of our no-no words, by the way. I know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but what happened in this scenario was is that I was, I mean, we had, we had talked about it before. It was just like, I can't believe, like, everything is just so amazing. Like, I, I'm waiting for something to happen because I, I, I can't believe. Are you sure that you have bipolar? It doesn't make sense to me. And so the question was, is like, should we, like, not, like go to a psychiatrist and help me understand how I can better support you. You know, if in fact something comes up and then 
it just so like you wanted to dive in like head first literally right i Into did bipolar pond <laughs> right <laughs> not pond we're because talking ocean. you ocean yeah right because you were like this is too good to be true it really was and can i say yeah. that me and you have a very limited knowledge mm-hmm. on this subject right, right. we are not not professionals now. Yes, we are not professionals in any sense mm-hmm. and not trying to offend any anybody right. uh, by anything that we're saying. So with our limited knowledge, right, you were diving head first, falling in love. Yeah. And on the flip side, what kills me is you were waiting for her to show you. Waiting. Well, we will always get what we want if we are expecting it. Is that fair? And so you're just looking at her like, gosh, this is too good to be true. I'm just waiting for something to mm-hmm. snap. And when mm-hmm. it doesn't, you're just like, there's got to be more. So I'm going to dive deeper. Well, is that what I'm understanding? Yes and no. Um, excuse me. Um, so that would not be a healthy space to be in. Right. If you're, if you're constantly waiting for someone to mess up, you're going to attract that even if they don't have a problem, right? Like you're going to, you're going to just make it happen. Like, <laughs> you so know, why did you want to go the psychologist route with her and things like that? So new into something, explain that to the listeners just so they understand. Oh, like, so they understand. So like yeah. we, we dove in really fast. Okay. And so just to kind of put things in perspective, like it was one of those where I completely surrendered and I just said, we are like, it's not about being blind to the reality. It was being fully aware and holding boundaries with self. If I, you know, if there was any red flags or anything like that. But I mean, I mean, I fell in love with her okay. like super fast. And I, I guess, I guess that's the, the crazy part of it was just that like in, in that scenario, I was looking at it like, okay, I'm not waiting for you to mess up. But you told me that this is a real thing that's happened that you just learned about. And so for me to be able to support you, if in fact that's true, mm-hmm. I need to know what I can do as a partner because I don't, I still don't know enough. So you're trying to show up for her. And so I wanted like to show up. Like if we're going to do this, yeah. which we are, yeah. what do I need to know? Exactly. It, and it, what it do you need? It had less to do with me worrying that there was going to be some crazy thing that went on. It was more about like, Everything that I've experienced with you has been nothing but bliss. Yeah, we've, I mean, we've had like disagreements in terms of like, you like this, you like that or whatever. But like, in, in it, and it was like in a normal, rela- normal relationship <laughs> and in other relationships that you can relate to. I mean, we were covering stuff that maybe married couples a year in were covering. Okay. Like it had just accelerated so fast. Everything felt so natural. It was just, inc- I've never experienced it with anybody else that way. I just wanted you to clarify for everybody, like, thank you, because, you know, why were you trying to get to that point with her, but it was just so that you could, for future, because you were in it, you were in it, right? And so you just wanted to understand her as a person, and then if something does go different or whatever, what do you need from me? Those types of things, right? Yeah, I mean, we were planning a future together. That's how far we were. Okay. We were already planning a future together, and so... Those are natural, normal things, though. It is. But, like, you know, in the first date, you don't be like, hey, so let's go to marriage counseling. It's like, well, we just went on first date. <laughs> right. I mean, you don't bring that stuff up. Right. But we were so that far along 
naturally. It wasn't like either of us were trying to force an issue or anything. Right. We were both bringing it up. And so the conversation, the way things, the way things kind of flipped <laughs> was when she was asking. She was asking me out of probably out of insecurity, but she was just, you know, asking what she thought about, um, you know, just her future and like her healing. And, uh, and we talked about this on other episodes. What? She was asking you? Yeah. Okay. And we talked about this on other episodes, how I am more reticent to just give advice to people because I, I want to create separation between church and state. I don't want them to feel like I'm coaching or that they're a project or anything like that. Like I'm just me. And so if they come to me asking questions like, yeah, I'm going to give my advice, but I'm not going to just like spill everything out and make them feel like they're living under a house with a therapist. Like that's, I'm not a therapist period, but at the same time. Yeah. So that's how it started. But when I gave, when I gave that, you know, the question, I was like, yeah, I, I, everything seems really, really great, but have you thought about, you know, doing this? And then the reply was, is, well, I don't have a problem. Hmm. And like, I don't know how to describe this. You've talked about this, you know, with somebody else that we don't need to get into. Mm -hmm. But there was a literal, literal, like, evil. And, and that's what's so weird about it. Because it wasn't like, it wasn't like a heated even conversation at all. Yeah. But it was like an evil entered that room. And it just flipped. And she wasn't like screaming or yelling. Or, it wasn't like anything like that. But it was just like, you could literally sense not only distance, but it was like, Aaron, you need to actually leave the room. And so I did. And then the next couple of days, it was more about like, it, it, it like ebbed and flowed. Where things were said that I'm just like, what? <laughs> I don't understand. You started seeing and then, it and then And then it was like flipped. You know, I mean, one of the things that she said, she was like, you're way too, you're just way too consistent. I'm like, <laughs> consistently loving you is that a bad thing i was gonna say is that a compliment uh, yeah, and, I, it's supposed to be. and she would say like i just don't think it's gonna work you're way too consistent and then the next day she'd say you're way too moody i'm like i'm going to like be like flustered yeah. when you tell me one thing and then you say something completely different as terms of why we shouldn't be together now so it was her world at the end you were just living in it or I trying was. to and, and I was just and like, whatever she wanted oh to say gosh. to you, it was, yeah, you have and, to take it. And the thing, and, that, the, and the interesting thing about it was that like, I was in a situation where in the moment she would say, and this happened over the course of, I think five days, but there were three times, like she would say, I don't have a problem. You're the one with the problem. Mm. And I'm like, what? what, what? I, I don't get it. Like, I'm trying to love you, and, and you're push, not only pushing me away, but, like, you're saying horrible things. And then what was interesting is, is, like, even within the same day, then she would come back and she would apologize. I am so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And, like, oh, I'm just taking a deep breath, right? And so, like, that, that happened over and over. I don't have a problem, and then blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like, apologies, apologies. I'm going to go see a therapist. I'm going to go do this. Like, 
fundamentally so it was the ups and downs. Yeah, I, I'm not trying to pinpoint her, nor am I trying to pinpoint someone that is struggles with, you know, multiple personality disorder, bipolar, or even you know various forms of PTSD. But what I am trying to say is a non-healthy place, I, <laughs> someone who's not reached necessarily a status for me as a unicorn is someone who cannot hold themselves accountable with what they say and what they do. Right. It's okay to change your mind, but you need to be able to express that you changed your mind, taking accountability for what you did say before. And like, I, I, I mean, I'm being completely vulnerable here. Like day three, after that happening, like I felt like my future wife was being taken from me and I was literally shaking. My body was shaking because I'm not, I'm not someone to yell. I'm not someone to like be hurtful even in my words. But when they can't even take accountability for how they've hurt me after apologizing just a couple days before with the same things, I'm just sitting there like I've lost my person. I've lost my unicorn. You're watching it just. And it's just, it was so heartbreaking. It, it just, it was so devastating. And, and so I, I share that because you know, prior was the long-term relationship, right. long-term relationship where I thought it was a unicorn. Yeah, I didn't have, I, I had more blinders on then than I did, did the, the most recent relationship. But like, it was with the idea that they could change. In this instance, I went in fully aware of what I wanted. I saw everything that I wanted until it, it flipped. Mm. And so when we talk about unicorn hunting and we talk about the struggle of letting go of someone we love. That's why I shared those stories because that's what I've been in. I've, I've been in situations with people that I, I stepped forward and I put myself out there and I had these blinders on. And the thing is, is I, I don't regret how either of those situations ended, nor do I regret having gotten into those relationships. It's not about, oh, well, I had a great learning experience. I did. But I really loved, and I truly felt like they loved too, as much as they could. Mm. And so what do we take from that? The struggle of letting someone that you love go. That, those are my stories. We're going to continue on and, you know, how to actually do this. Right. But hopefully those stories kind of set the stage for where I'm at as we go through this. Romy. It's a big deal because you've shared those things with me. Yeah. And I've been waiting for you to share them on here. <laughs> but I've not been wanting to push you. Yeah. Because I know that it's very, very real and raw for you right now mm -hmm. as you're dealing with this because I am your friend. Mm -hmm. And so I was just kind of giving you time like when it's the right time to share those stories. And I knew that you were kind of um, maybe wanting to stay silent on them because you didn't want offense taken with the women as well, right? Yeah. And you didn't want any feelings hurt or anything like that. That's not what we're no. – that's not why we do this podcast, right? Um and so I really appreciate the rawness of those stories. And I want you all to know, like, how, <laughs> what a big deal that was for him to share those things because he's dealing with it in real time. Yeah. So um, the struggle of letting go s of someone you love, <laughs> I, I had an ex-boyfriend recently, right? Mm. And we were doing the same thing. And I felt like we were in it to win it, man. Yeah. And we, we did not... Um, fight or argue or have, you know, problems that mm -hmm. maybe some people battled through. Yeah. 
we actually had a really, really exciting, fun, peaceful, loving, um, constantly showing up for each other type of a relationship. Okay. And I know that he saw that too. Yeah. I know that he felt the, ex- I wasn't living in the twilight zone and then he's going to tell his friends at the bar, like she's a crazy bitch. It's not that relationship. So right. I know that we both share that validity in it. Right. Um, and one morning I haven't said this, but one morning I got up and it just hit me. It's like my soul just couldn't take it anymore, even though I hadn't been battling it for very long. Right. It just, I woke up on a Saturday morning and I turned to him because he stayed over and I said, why do you, why does it feel like you love me more than I love you? And that one line turned into now we are maybe four months later being broken up. Yeah. Um, I, I sometimes replayed in my mind like, if I wouldn't have said that, would we still be together? Well, possibly, but if he was that ready to kind of exit out uh, for his own demise, you know, to deal with his own demons, then it's just inevitable. And so I'm glad that there wasn't any more time that went by. So just make, maybe I heard you wrong, but yeah. so you s- the line was, why does it feel like I love you more than you love me? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And that one line did not turn into a blow up argument. It turned into like him saying all these things where I kind of lacked in the relationship. And I thought, God, that's so many. (laughs) And and why wasn't this brought up within the year and a half? Because honestly, like I saw him one to two days a week at the end, you know, just because of work schedules and different things. And I, I, you know, was pushing him to be better and to do all of these things. And he was just facing a different, um, a different demon. Um, so I honestly don't want to let go of someone that I love. Yeah. And I, I was like, well, I have to, I have to grieve him. Mm-hmm. I have to. Like he left and he, all of a sudden when he walked out that door, the version that I dated and the version that I got was so different. Yeah. Um, he would have done anything for me. Mm-hmm. Anything. In our whole relationship, for me and my dogs, anything. In fact, he did. And when he walked out and I tried to message him like that night, like, you know, I'm crushed, man. I'm crushed and I don't know what to do. The coldness set in. Yeah. And I thought, oh, good, here we go. Mm -hmm. And it didn't get any better. And I, I was in a begging position, um, for a while and one day I was on the treadmill and he was so cold and just basically just telling me to stop just to leave him alone without telling me that Mm -hmm. just by one answers and anger and all the things and I was like gosh this is not the guy that I remember you know Mm -hmm. I literally thought we were going to talk about this and get back together and so I just said okay that was my last text okay um and I deleted his phone number I thought well, you don't need to have temptation of continuously right. texting him because you just want to hold on to him. So I said, okay. So we went about a couple months without um, any contact. And that's when I really did the hard healing, mm-hmm. right? I did. And I was actually doing really, really good. And then one night I get a phone call from him. I see his, you know, a phone number pop up and I answer and it's him um, because he was deleted. 
And there were some other things in between, but it, we won't go into it. I sent him a letter, you know. He sent me back a letter telling me why he can't be with me yeah. and stuff like that. But, you know, so we did a two-month no contact. And then, uh, yeah, he um, was saying that his dog just passed away. Mm -hmm. Now, I have two dogs. I can totally empathize with, with that situation, right? So my heart was immediately back in it, immediately. Um, and now we are, gosh, I don't know how long after maybe three weeks yeah four weeks it's something been three like or four. that right yeah and i just kind of think he got me back again he got me back into the cycle again and i started thinking man i can really hold on to him you know and he i was wondering why he called me out of everybody that he could have called why me right that night and he says i just couldn't think of anyone else to to call and I thought, I thought to myself, I'm going to be there for him in this moment because he's a human being. Mm -hmm. But for him to say, I couldn't think of anyone else to call. Well, you couldn't think of anyone else to call besides your ex-girlfriend that you broke up with. And you need me so bad in this moment. But then I'm not worthy enough to be actually hold space with you as your girlfriend and to be with you again. Yeah. So that was very hurtful. Mm -hmm. That was a, I guess I'm going to show up for him as a person, but damn, yeah, I don't, I don't know how I was supposed to take that. Right. So anyway, long story short, that moment got me back in it with him mm -hmm. and we've been texting and stuff again, Yeah. but let me preface, I'm the one who texts. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Since he walked out, he has, <laughs> I'm, I'm probably getting this, um, this perspective wrong. And if he was on here, he would tell you something different. Mm -hmm. I asked him, would you ever have messaged me after we broke up? Would you ever have texted me? Yeah, you just didn't give me a chance. You were always texting me. No. My soul actually knows that he never would have, mm -hmm. whether it was pride or just I made my choice and I'm going to keep it. Mm -hmm. My soul knows that he never would have. And you know what? Four months later, I have been the only one to initiate things besides him calling me in the middle of the night for his dog. Yeah. And... We have to look at the signs. Yeah. We have to look at these signs. So there is a struggle of letting someone go that we love. That's that's life. Yeah. That's always going to be life. Um, I would say, why do we have to let them go? Do we have to let them go? If so, why do we have to let them go, mm -hmm. right? And then how do we let them go? So I think it's like a quick three-part, right? <laughs> Why do we have to? I have to let that man go because if he's not like, I don't know, sh you know, showing up for me um, mm -hmm. in any way, mm -hmm. right? If he's not texting me only when his dog passes away yeah. and I totally need you, Romy. And then honestly, within a few weeks, once he was kind of back to not being so traumatized, yeah. um, crickets. Yeah. Right? Crickets again? Yeah, I, I think that that's so the, the first part, you know, when you say, like, why do we need to? Um, it's not serving my soul to be in a begging position. No, and, and I think that's the point, right? Me. If <laughs> if there's an imbalance in any relationship, friendship or otherwise, when, when there's a significant enough balance where it's draining us, that's that's why. Because we cannot show up fully for the other people, including ourselves, in life, if that's going to be the case. I talked to two different friends yesterday, 
and I just kind of had a literal come to Jesus with my inner child. Yeah. <laughs> when did I become the person, when, mm -hmm. that would ever beg a man to love me? When? Yeah. When was that flip? When did that happen? And no, I'm not okay with that. Right. So something inside of me was not angry, but just very assertive in the fact that that will not happen any longer, right? Yeah. So how do we let go of somebody that we love? I, um, think, I think steps, right? Yeah. There's got to be steps taken. Yeah. It's going to be a logical mindset. Some people go drinking. Some people go... Well, they avoid it, yeah. Right? Whatever it is. How do you let go of someone you love? Well, you can go drink and forget them sure. for the night. You absolutely can, right? Mm. You can work out like 12 hours a day yeah. and pretend that you're letting... But how do you realistically start making those steps to let someone go? It's no contact and it's distance. Mm. I'm sorry, that's the only way. Mm -hmm. All these people that have preached no contact... There's a reason for it mm -hmm. because all of a sudden your soul is disconnecting from them yeah. and you stop fantasizing them. Yeah. And that's what happened with my two months of no contact. And then when he came back, it was like pedestal again. Mm -hmm. Right. So I just have to go back to the exact same things that I was doing. And for me, empowerment is found in my to do list, to be honest with you, of, you know, building um, a schedule. Mm -hmm. every day yeah. of things that I want to accomplish. Yeah. Right? I, What's your so one on of that? the things that I think is important to point out, I agree with you yeah. on the, on the distance and the no contact, but here's, here's a little, I don't know, a little, I don't want to say caveat, but like it's important for us to have that initially. So it doesn't mean that like you can't still be friends with an ex in my opinion. But what that what it means is there needs to be enough healing time for you to create disassociation from them. Right. That those ethereal cords, those um, even just like the the chemical <laughs> attachment that you've created. Yeah. It needs to be severed. And, it, and that can take time. That can take a week. It really just depends on the individual. But that's that's critical. Like if you're trying to move forward and not with that person. Yeah you have to be able to sever those ties that way. And it's okay. Like, you know, to six months or whatever, you know, even just letting them know, like if it's over, just saying, Hey, you know, maybe in the future we can meet up, but I, I need my space right now and I'm not going to be contacting you, blah, 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 whatever. Right. But I think another thing, you know, to mention here is it's in, it's not, I mean, we covered the why, but like the other thing to point out is, well, we, we covered the why we need to break, we need to sever those ties. But I think in terms of the struggle, just to make it more real, I think every one of us gets into a relationship where we consider that person a unicorn for very valid reasons. People can look at my experience when I just mentioned the word bipolar and their mind can immediately go to, well, sh that's unstable. Like that's not healthy. Why would you even consider that type of a relationship to be, you know, like she's a unicorn. Right. That doesn't make any sense. And the, I understand that viewpoint. There's, there's also something to consider when we are going unicorn hunting. And this is part of how we actually attract them. So I'm kind of jumping ahead, but I think it's important to share here. Mm -hmm. And that is we have to completely surrender. We have to completely surrender 
what's in front of us. If we truly, I know what we want, and we see that in the other person, regardless of their past baggage, that's where we have to turn it over to God. We have to just surrender and be in the moment and be in the present moment. And, and that can be super difficult for people, but that is the goal. And so like, if you're not coping with anything, you don't have blinders on, you are making decisions based on logic, not just emotion, and you're still feeling good about the situation, then that's something to be had. And that's exactly what I went through. And that what, that's what makes this struggle so hard. And so the next part of this is, is like, okay, so how do we, then how do we move forward? You have to go back to understand why you got in that relationship in the first place. That's why I'm bringing up what I am right now. Okay. People, people like, they'll sit there and they'll always focus on the end. They'll, they'll be focused on like, well, he cheated on me or like this blew up because I can't stand when he does this or whatever it is. That's, that's important to look at. But it's also important to look at why you got in in the first place because you can't fully grieve, not just, you can't fully grieve the, the pain that was caused at the end until you understand the beauty that was created in the beginning or even during the relationship. And so when we talk about how do we actually get over the person that we love, that we thought was a unicorn, you have to understand what actually attracted you in the first place, why it worked for as long as it did. Because that helps you reflect inside in terms of what you really care about. Because then you have to forgive yourself. Because so many times we miss that piece and then we start projecting past relationship trauma onto the new relationship. And then all of a sudden we're not the unicorn that they thought we were and, and then it just doesn't work. So. I love that. Yeah. So with my ex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember being out at the fire pit at a bar in, you know, Salt Lake, and <laughs> he comes up to me and he touches the lower part of my back and he says, can I get you a drink? Mm -hmm. And this was like one of our first dates. Mm -hmm. He found me at the fire pit and then said, can I get you a drink? Now, to some people, that would be like, yeah, no shit. But to me, apparently, I dated some serious scrubs <laughs> and paid a lot of bar tabs, okay? And that's no joke. Uh -huh. And so when he did that, I was like, oh, I remember that moment of he's actually going to take care of me? Yeah. Okay. And so he did that. Um, and then when we kissed, right, like he pulled me in and we kissed. And all that I remember was the same similar feeling that I felt with my ex-husband. Mm -hmm when we first met mm -hmm. and I had never felt it again. Yeah. You can have lustful kisses and different things, yeah. but not like that. And it flashed through my mind. Um, this is my, this is my forever. Mm -hmm. And I remember feeling that with my ex-husband and only those two times in my whole life. Yeah. So feeling those things, feeling safe, right? Um, and then the physical chemistry, yeah. like out of this world mm -hmm. between us. And I know he will agree. Mm -hmm. Um, so those types of things, right? And then I find out all of these things about him that he loves to like read and he loves to improve himself. He's doing this, these workouts and he yeah. likes the gym and eating healthy and just checking all the boxes, man, that I didn't even know I had. Mm -hmm. But I was like, I like that. Yeah. I oh my gosh, another one. I like that, right? Mm -hmm. So as it progressed and then the feeling of just hanging around him and how I felt around him and just knowing that I will never want for anything. Right. The feeling of safety. Yeah. 
that I didn't feel since my ex-husband, yeah. right? Um, yeah, that was a fucking unicorn, yeah. okay? It was. The, the vision of me. it, yeah. Okay, that was. Yeah. And it doesn't take away some other things that, you know, I wish were different mm-hmm. about him, but gosh, we can pick people apart all day. That's not what we're here for, right? So, but yeah, he was absolutely a unicorn to me in that moment. But Aaron, here's the question. Was he an actual unicorn mm-hmm. or was he a horse with a, <laughs> excuse me, strap on? With a cone on his cone, head. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> and I was just beer goggling, mm. all right? And I'm not talking about physically. Right. What was the illusion here, right? Because when I did meet him, we were partying. And so is it an illusion or did he make me feel that way? Well, all of a sudden COVID hit and then bars shut down, the drinking stopped. We made other, you know, arrangements in our lives. And no, I wasn't drinking anymore. And it was still those feelings, right? The feelings of all the unicorn things. And so, but I'm wondering if (laughs) we sometimes just kind of overlook, just overlook things right? Because there's so many other great things. Sure. And we're, we're, you know, I don't know if that's making sense, but we're just kind of not looking at the most important things. Um, was he a unicorn up until that point? Because that was the best I had. And if I put him in a arena, mm-hmm. if you will, mm-hmm. with arena. other real men, would <laughs> he still running be around a, in a unicorn? <laughs> This is my fantasy, not yours. <laughs> so mind your business. Are you on all fours? <laughs> right? Going on? You've seen those memes with their shirt off and they're super buff and they have <laughs> unicorn tails. I think. They, yeah. <laughs> You've seen them at the pride parades too. Yeah. But um, yeah, if I put him in a in an arena with, with other real men, yeah. would he still stand out as the unicorn? Yeah. Or was it just compared to scrubs that I have been dating in the past? So I think... I think that is a very good point to make. So the moment the comparison comes in, that's really what we have to judge by usually. And so we can make our view of what a unicorn is based on that. And you are working on yourself through that process. And so your vision of the unicorn is kind of, when you say pericago is a great analogy because it's, it's kind of like when they say is uh, good from afar, far from good. Right. Like the closer you get, you're like, Oh wait, what? Ooh, whoa, no. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that they're bad people. It doesn't mean they have great things about them. But the more that we learn about ourselves, the more that we learn about what we need and the more things that we want. And if there's not an alignment, then there does become a rift, even if it's subconscious, right? And so one of the things that I'll point out, we talked about like the struggle of letting go of someone that we love. I want to talk about how we do that based on what you just said. Okay. And so like to actually let go of someone that you love. You had to look at your ex-boyfriend who's no longer the unicorn as you saw him before and understand, understand that for you to be able to attract an actual unicorn, not the facade or like maybe he will change, maybe the ex will change and he will become that unicorn. We already talked about how like you have and to accept people as they are. Yes. Because the only reason he's not yeah. right now mm-hmm is because of the lack of, um, not commitment, what word am I looking for? 
the lack of interest that he shows towards me. Okay. I feel like a germ. Mm. I think I'm better than that. Yeah. Right? There's always good bacteria. There is good bacteria. <laughs> That's fair. No. Don't sanitize me. So. Right? You know, so I do want to preface that um, with the qualities that he's showing now because of his distance yeah. is what made his unicorn horn fall off. Right. right. Right? Because I still look at him as a hell of a man. Right. And he didn't do anything to necessarily disappoint me. Like, oh, that was not, I was thinking something different and now it's not there. Yeah. Right? But the the showing up for me for a year and a half mm -hmm. beyond anything I could ever imagine mm -hmm. and then being so ignorantly distant as if I have cooties all of a sudden. Yeah. That's where the unicorn horn fell off for me. Yeah. And I mean, and there's, and there's a whole nother podcast that we can talk sure to that. about like, okay, so, you know, is it really, are they distancing? Like in my case, I mean, the distancing that existed between the last relationship that I had, actually both of them, but it, this is me and I'm, I'm patting myself on the back, I guess I'm <laughs> tooting my own horn, but like it had more to do with them and their actions, their behavior and how they weren't leveling up. I've never dated you. We probably won't ever. Nope. But um, as a person, uh -huh. you're very stable. <laughs> I try to be. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So I've never dated you, so right. I don't know you in a relationship. Yeah. But as a person, you're extremely stable, yeah. right, in most areas of your life. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean you don't fall, but you're stable. Right. And what I'm seeing with the other ones is it was just kind of like, not that they're crazy, but just instability. Oh, yeah. Right? Sure. In personality. And so you were trying to rescue and rescue. Uh, I told my ex the other day, I said, oh, were you trying to be my knight in rusty armor? Mm. And he said, oh, wow. And I said, well, you're way too goth to like shiny stuff anyway. So I <laughs> uh, used rusty, right? And it <laughs> smells like deep mahogany. Oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> right? So, um, yeah, you're very, you're very stable. So I would, I, again, haven't dated you, but I would have to agree with you when you say you're patting yourself on the back that yeah. it probably was more. Yeah. Fun, so I mean, right? all I'm trying to say is, is that like, that's another, another podcast to be had is like, okay, was it really me that wasn't stepping up or was it them? You know, why did, the, why did he, in this case, why did the ex-boyfriend, you know, why did he walk away? Was it really because you did something so horrible that like it couldn't work or was it actually because he didn't feel like he was able to meet your needs because he was insecure himself. You know, there's just, that's a whole nother dynamic, whole nother podcast. Okay. But when we're talking about like, how do we let go of that person, whether they chose it or whether we chose it, when you actually love somebody, this is my point. This is what I really want to get across. If you like out of the whole podcast, this is the main thing. Like you have to disassociate the person from the values and that's why, once again, it's so important to go back to the beginning on why you fell in love with them in the first place. So do it in real time for us. And you can use yeah, either yeah, one yeah. of your exes, right? But do it in real time. Yeah. So explain real fast why, pick one, okay. and then explain <laughs> why one, you have put him on the test <laughs> right now, right? Um, yeah. But this is great. I yeah. actually like this. So pick one, uh -huh. and then... What attracted you to them? Like I just stated all of my exes, yeah. you know, what made me think he was a unicorn. Yeah. And then do the, 
sure. off the snit. Yeah. That so, would be good. so I, I want to preface it all with the idea and the notion that like there, are, what is it? Over 7 billion people in this world. I think that's correct. Sure. <laughs> there's over 7 million people in this world. There are, there's at least one person out there that is not only attractive, but has the values that you are looking for and is at a level where you can actually live with them as a partner and would see them as a unicorn. That I know. So the reason why we dissociate is because so often we look at it, the person. The person is what actually provided all those values. It's true. But values are universal. It depends on like what someone cares about that they're going to take on that value or not, right? right. And so – that's why it's so important when you want to get over somebody that you actually love. So often we're just like, we associate the value with that person. We, we don't see that like that other value could actually exist in somebody else. That's fair. And that's what's so hard. And so like in my case, okay, so last relationship, recent relationship, she really cared about God and family. That was really big to me. Okay. She really cared about, um, her personal development. I was super healthy. Her health, like her physical, her, you know, physical, that was important to her. She had an, an enormous amount of empathy and kindness. She really did. She was also someone that loved laughter. She liked to make things light, but she could also hang in hard conversations. Awesome. And I wasn't always the one bringing them up. She was also challenging me on not only my beliefs, but just like if I thought about certain things. Awesome. So it was, it really was a dance. Those are just some of the things. Yeah. And the other thing too, like when, even when I'm talking now and I'm saying that I'm, I'm insinuating that she's not a unicorn, like everyone's on their journey. And I understand the idea of like, well, Aaron, you dated a bipolar person. You should have known better, whatever. One, I don't agree with that. I agree that like, if we're truly following our heart and we are completely surrendering and we are led to certain people, that is right. Even if it is for a short period of time. Well, who are we to judge? Exactly. And We're looking and, for a soul. Exactly. Right? And, and, and here's the other thing, too. It's like, how do I put this? I don't want any of these, any listener to look at it and say, well, I'm depressed. Therefore, I'm unworthy of love. Therefore, I can never date somebody. Never. That's not true. Someone that has bipolar, someone that has some other PTSD issue, whatever it is, like you are lovable, period. Yep. And there is somebody out there for you without you changing anything. And I well, will say that there's a doxy meditation on yeah. YouTube, uh-huh. worthy of love, it's in purple. Uh-huh. And if you start listening to it every night, it's pretty awesome. That is awesome, yeah. thank you. For the listeners, yeah. if you're battling that, I listen to it every night, worthy of love, because yeah. we are. Yeah, exactly. And so what I'm saying here is that I, with everything that she is before the switch flipped, mm-hmm. Like, I would marry that woman. I really would. I've had to surrender that. She is no longer the unicorn because of the reality that I do see. What she chooses to do, how she holds herself accountable, the things that she's doing to improve her life, if in fact in the future, like, she is in a better place. When I say in a better place, like, she's taking the action to come and come to me because, like like I said, I completely surrendered it. Then great. I will actually entertain the conversation. But 
I, one, I don't want anyone to feel like they're unworthy of love and that they are a unicorn in someone's eyes, period. Mm. But two, like we can always improve ourselves and there's nothing wrong with leaving a door open, but making sure that we've closed the, like that we've moved forward in our own right. Um, but that also like goes back to what we talked about originally. You, you do need to cut ties at least for a short period of time yeah. before you can jump back in as a friend because of those emotional bonds. Um, so I dated yeah. um, a guy, a cowboy actually, um, years ago. Yeah. And he was like nine out of ten. But the ten was major alcoholic. Mm. Like catching him in the middle of the night alcoholic. Yeah. Okay. And it broke my heart. Right. It absolutely broke my heart. But recently, um, I reached out just to say hi. Right. right? Nothing else, just to say hi. Yeah, and it's been and like that I was singing at the Days of Forty Seven Rodeo, ago? and yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so I go, um, "Hey, I just wanted to tell you, I was thinking about you, watching all these cowboys, you know." And he said, "I have a girlfriend now." Mm-hmm. Okay, so he mm-hmm. don't know if he changed at all. Yeah, is her unicorn. Because she will match energy with him at that point, yeah, right? Yeah. So that's what we're talking about. Yeah, exactly. Um, our exes right now, mm-hmm. if they go on to find other people, that just means people are going to match energy with them where they're at, yeah. and they are each other's unicorn at the time. At the time. And it doesn't mean they have to be ours anymore, right? right. Um, I think me and you battle with at least our pr- recent, mm-hmm. most recent exes. Mm-hmm. I think we battle a lot during the day with the why. Why did this have to end? Why did I have to wait so many years to find someone? And why do I have to let them go? Yeah. Right? Um, I, I try to tell myself that I don't need a why, but I would love one yeah. because I want to understand it. Right. There's not a lot of clarity to me as to why I got this person for a short period of time and now I have to watch them leave. Right, and, I, and just to add a little more color to that, I think you've spoken to me about this as well, so I don't feel like I'm just speaking out of turn. Sure. But I will speak at least for myself. I believe it's the same for you. Sure. It's, it, it's, it wasn't just a lustful experience. It wasn't, no. it wasn't even about like, oh, they, they smelled great, they have great hair, like all of the surface-level things. Like just to put things in perspective, like – before even meeting them and you feel an instant connection an instant connection and you're just like this is out of worldly past relationships that have been long term this is what it's like i know it when i feel it and i am going to ride this wave they can put a label on it they can say that like you know like i murdered somebody or whatever in the past and i've done my time in prison whatever it is but if you feel that connection that is undeniable. And so if you truly are open and if you truly are receptive, then that's where the surrendering piece comes in when you start. And now we're on the other end and we're talking about how do we let them go. It really is that dissociation. So There's I, I days just, I'm just like, I would do anything. Yeah. I would do anything just to have five more minutes. Right. Is that fair? And, but when you were in it, I have said, to him at times Mm -hmm. like hey why don't you do this why don't you do this you know you should do this instead of just maybe accepting him right where he was and supporting but i I wouldn't say i did it like so obnoxiously so much that you know it was a reason to leave but and now i just think you know we play tricks with our mind right Mm -hmm. 
like, man, if they only came back. And it's like, that's a begging. Yeah, it's not a good position to be in. That's not a good position to be in again, right? And so I think we need to change that mentality, for me at least, um, because I don't like to be in the begging position for a lot. No one does. Right? That will kill your soul, literally. Yeah. And so how do we actually let them go so we're not in the begging position, right? How do we move on? How move on? Whatever it is, move forward, move through it. How are you moving forward? How am I moving forward? Uh-huh. I have had to look at why I got in love in the first place. Okay, and that you listed. Yeah, and and so those values, those things that are important to me. It's no longer that this person is who I fell in love with, and so then therefore I'm just grieving them. Right. I'm grieving these values, these needs that were all being met. Can I find these needs? Can I find these values in some other person that's out there? I can't. I know that I can't. And that is the critical piece. That gives hope. It's not only gives hope, but it's it's just the fact that, like, I can now recognize that it's not them. I'm not attaching my need for, like, my human needs. I'm not attaching any of those to a person anymore. I'm now looking at it as the values. They were the conduit. They were the the, the messenger that provided those for a period of time. But it's, it's not about them. It's about me and having my needs filled. And they had those needs that were being, you know, they were fulfilling those needs until they weren't. And so can I find somebody else that will do those? I will be very clear on what I want because this is how those things made me feel and they will be included in what I really want. So that if you're, if you're wanting to get through it, it's not that like I'm in a, I'm in a perfect state. But for me, step one really is, is surrendering the fact that I will not ever see them again. They may come back. They, they, there might be an opportunity, the universe, God, bringing us back together. I don't know. And I'm open to that. But what I do know is that that's not on me. And so I have to be willing to let go of them. Not the need, not the, not the desires that I have in a, in a partner. But then looking at what they did provide, looking at what's really important to me, that's what I can grieve. I miss that. I miss when she did this. I miss when like something about this person is really valuable or important. I can totally grieve that. And there's nothing wrong with that. But that right there places more responsibility on me to be able to put myself out there. And when I see those things, not only be like, that's it. That's what I'm looking for and to act on it. But when I don't see it, then I know it's not the unicorn. I don't know if y'all heard, but just the disassociation. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You're not like putting it under a rug. No. You're disassociating the person on the pedestal. Yeah. Right? And you're taking power back. Right. And then you're going forward to future of this is what I want. Right. I love that concept and I'm sure everybody else will too. Mm-hmm. I'm loving that. Yeah. Right? Because I battle with this person. This person, but this is the only person and it haunts me, Aaron. Yeah. You might be further ahead than me and I that's fine. <laughs> I don't care. Right? Um I get haunted by the why and the man, I finally like after being married for years dated some people in between, but I finally gave my heart again to somebody finally. Mm -hmm. And I can't even have that 
Yeah. Do you know? And so I battle with those things. This is real life. And right. And, and I and know that the listeners do too. Yeah. And th- that's we the thing. We don't understand why. Right. And the thing is, right? is like you might not even have broken up with a person because of fear that you won't find someone as good enough. Yeah. And that, and that is so critical to understand that like you need to be able to, like if needs are not being met long-term, when I say long-term, like you go through that process, like we talked about, this is how I feel. This is what I, this is why, this is what I need. And then you work through that, you know, um, with, with your partner or whatever. Like if you've gone through those steps and there's still no change and your needs are not being met and you've already like gone through counseling or whatever it is, you could have called the shots and when you pull the plug, but you're dishonoring yourself. You, you've got to know that like happiness is on the other side because it's a value. It's a value that you're pursuing, not a person. So the unicorn that you are hunting is an ideal, right? Yeah. And, and so that's what we have yeah, to do. It's we not a person. Yeah. Right? It's, it's values. And so when we say unicorn hunting, that's the key. You're not hunting the person. You're hunting the ideals in a person that match with who you are. And I can guarantee you when you surrender the person, the values will show up in a person that meets those needs. I love it. So, um, I've always, this week I've been saying, right? Like if you want better, be better. Yeah, yeah. And if you want different, then do different. I just mm-hmm. kind of have this montage. Is that what you say? Mon- <laughs> mon- how do you say it? A mantra? Mantra. Um, in my mind, right? Of like what I wanted this week to be. And, I'm just going to give an example, right? If you're looking for somebody in really good shape mm-hmm. that, you know, goes to CrossFit, make sure you match. Yeah. But <laughs> you, also, you know, I see all these people on Facebook and they're like in this beautiful shape and then Ninja Warriors like hanging from everything and, you know, CrossFitters that are super strong and buff and yeah. Spartan racers that are just like warriors, man. Yeah. And I was thinking, gosh, that guy is on point. Yeah. And I thought, I'm not out of shape, but I thought if for you to get a guy like that, Mm -hmm. you might want to match energy with him and he might not be as vain to say that you're not in good enough shape for me, but I might want to match interest with him. (laughs) Right. So I signed up for the dirty dash in September. Um, I, I work out and stuff like that, but it's just like, that's just a, that's just a vague example. Yeah. Right. If you want to be better, you know, if you want better, then you have to be better. If you want these qualities in somebody, do you possess them yourself? Exactly. And, th- and right? that's the thing. Like you're not chasing some imaginary dude that no. has these, these qualities. You're not trying to attach yourself to an, something that doesn't exist. That's where the unicorn hunting is, um, comes into play, but it's more of a fable, right? We're not chasing fable creatures. No. We do not want to chase no. fable creatures. So it's just a play on words, right? Yeah, it's values. But like you didn't, you're not going to, you're not doing the dirty dash for a dude. You're doing it for you because you want to have a certain value, a certain look, a certain whatever it is, because you know that that's important to you about somebody else as well as for yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's awesome. And, and I think that's, that's the critical thing. When we say unicorn hunting, right? right? Remove the image of a dude. Remove the image of a woman. Yeah. Pursue the values. 
and you will attract those with like values. And, and that's the thing. It's like when we, when we talk about this struggle and how do we actually get over someone we love, it, I mean, that adage of like, you know, just cope, find somebody else, the, you know, rebound or whatever it is, like that's all surface stuff. I mean, if we really want to get over it, it doesn't mean that we got to hold back and like we got to grieve for months and all this other stuff. We just have to look at reality and really disassociate. If we can do that, then we know we're in a much healthier place to put ourselves back out there. It's not easy. But man, and, and the thing is, is like, who are we to say that someone will not change? I don't want any listener here to one, and I've said this before on here, I don't want them to discount someone based on a label, a mental health label or anything. Yep. When, you've, when you completely surrender and say, these are the values that I really want in someone. I am doing these things because these things are important to me. And so-and-so shows up and maybe a, <laughs> they have all of those values, but at surface level, you look at them and you're just like, huh, I didn't think that it would be wrapped in that package. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like you have to surrender that. And I'm not saying that like if, if an important thing to you is physical attraction, which it all is, I think, for everybody. But like I'm not saying that like have the guy that has a great personality people, that looks horrible to you that you would never be physically attracted to. I'm not saying date him. He's not your dude. But what I am saying is that it may not be what it seems. If you're like, I only, I only date doctors and lawyers or whatever it is, and the guy shows up and he's a mechanical engineer, don't say no. He may have all the values you're looking for. So anyway, <laughs> we got, we got some allergies going bad on. Bad allergies, sorry. But I, I hope that makes sense. And I, don't think that I, I don't think if I was looking at all these values, uh-huh. right, that he would come wrapped in a package that I wouldn't like. <laughs> That's true. He would come in a different package than what I expected. Yeah. In a good way. Yeah. Because have you ever had somebody that you're like, yeah, I guess they're cute, right? Or I, I guess like I could be attracted to them. Uh-huh. And then you grow into love with them and they become cuter to you every day, right? Because right. of who they are. Right. That's just an example. Yeah. And that happens every day it does. right so i'm a physical attraction person doesn't make me vain mm. i have eyes and right. i'm human right. okay so the first thing i'm gonna see is like yeah i like that mm-hmm. i like that mm-hmm. but i've also talked to men that i said i like that and then i talk to them and i go oh well i'm gonna go back over here <laughs> because it just <laughs> stripped everything away exactly right so it can go both ways but i love what you're saying And it goes so much deeper than just like, look at someone's values instead of their, you know, physical appearance. That's not what you're saying. That's not what I'm saying. Right? And one thing I will say in addition, and this is really, really, really important. You made a great point. They probably won't show up in a package that you won't like. But here's the reason why. Because you have done the work to surrender what that package will look like. So many times we create these lists of all the things that we want. And we talked about this before, all service level. Like, I want a six-pack. I want this. I want this. I want this. Right. The, like, it's great to have an idea of that. But then you got to surrender it all. Because your soul knows what values are important to you and who you're going to match with anyway. So it's not so much about, like, you've, you've just got to be okay with whoever walks in the door as long as they have a great personality or whatever. But it's you've done the work with God 
to surrender the idea of how he's going to show up in your life. It might, it might be a dating app. I don't do dating apps. What? What? When you're, when you're meditating, when you're surrendering, like, it doesn't matter. You might see him at a gas station. You might see him on a plane. It doesn't matter. You have to surrender your idea of how someone is going to walk into your life. You keep playing a movie of how this knight in shining armor is going to show up and rescue you from the castle. One, that is a mistake, period. Two, we have to be okay with allowing what comes, how it comes. So if, if we're truly in a space to receive, it's going to be like, okay, friends want to go do this. All right. I'm just going to go. You're not dating. So good. You're not ready, right? And then, and then like (laughs) all of a sudden you see a dude across the way or you see a girl across the way. Are you open to that? No, I'm not dating right now. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like you have to surrender your idea of you being in a certain spot. You have to surrender your, and if you can't, that just shows where you're at and are you ready to date? But if you're willing to, if I you've done that work good, to surrender, then it's like, say. okay. It didn't have to come in a pink wrapped package with a pretty bow. Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> it could have come in a Victoria's well, Secret bag. <laughs> <laughs> right? But I'm just saying, like, that, that to me is the critical piece. We try to play God in our own lives. We have the ability to have choice. But the moment we allow God to direct us, we will be ten times more of a person And at the same time, we will attract 10 times more of the person that we want and need. So I love that you just said that because after my ex, right, I have become pretty closed. Right. And I didn't realize it until I was talking to one of my good friends yesterday. Mm -hmm. And she's just like, I'm the same, Romy. If this one doesn't work, you know, and it looks like it's not. Mm -hmm. If this doesn't work, then I got nothing. And it's not that we're just like, I'm tired, I'm out. Mm-hmm. right we literally like it's a whole package just wrapped up into it's happened so many times mm-hmm. that we just don't believe anymore mm-hmm. when my ex left i said you know you're the nail in the coffin for me yeah and he says what does that mean and he i basically just told him i said it's not that i won't ever love again or anything like that i just said my biggest attribute is probably resilience mm-hmm. And I can't find it anymore. Yeah. I really can't. Yeah. With love, like I can't find it. Yeah. And me and my friend were talking about this yesterday. And we kind of hit like this this major fear of we're not sure we ever will. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't matter like our ages and things like that. But it was just like, and it doesn't mean that we're pessimistic. It just literally is fact. Like it's just factual things um, that has happened and we feel so lost that we don't even know where to start again. And so I actually appreciate you saying this because this is just an openness to life in general. Um, I had a, an ex-boyfriend that treated me absolutely terrible, Mm -hmm. um, like two years ago. And he called yesterday to say how sorry he was for how he treated me, just called me yeah. and he's blocked. Right. And so he used somebody else's phone mm-hmm. and like actually made the effort um, to let me know how sorry he was from the bottom of his heart. And I thought, I love those healing things. Mm-hmm. You know, I love that. Yeah. And cause I used to have an openness, Aaron, about me that 
I just don't have anymore right. because I, I need something to believe in, right? <laughs> and, and if unicorns are fake, why would you go hunting for one? That's a very good question. <laughs> <laughs> I want to share something right? that's super important, and this applies to anybody that's dealing with any connection disorder, Every one of us. He put a disease on me. Did you hear him? No. I have a connection disorder You don't have a connection disorder. No, I'm just all uh, jacked up. I've I've been through this myself, and this is real stuff. So I I hate the word fight. I hate the word – I I hate the the fight or battle, like always conflict. We keep fighting ourselves, and ourselves, our souls are trying to tell us. When we're in pain, we try to run from it. We like, and, and when we're trying to deal with it, we always look at it as like, okay, I'm going to try harder. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do better. Or I'm going to put myself out there one more time, but I'm so exhausted. Da, 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 da. Like, it's not that. I just keep talking about surrender. That is what it is. So when you just said, it's so, I, I hope every listener just paid really close attention. I just don't know if I'm going to find love anymore. You were the nail in the coffin. Those words, if we want what we really want is complete acceptance of that as a potential reality. And that right there is the most fearful state. I may never find love again. I might be alone for the rest of my life. I may never find that unicorn because I don't think I can ever be that unicorn. All of those horrible, hard things to think about, right? Mm-hmm. It's fully accepting that as, well, that's what my mind is saying. Okay. So if, it doesn't mean that you're accepting it as truth, but if that is true. Okay, let's play along, ego. I'm playing with my mind, my inner child. Okay, I'm going to accept that. I'm a horrible person. I've done all these bad things. I get it. The step out is curiosity. Okay, so if I'm never going to be able to find my unicorn, if I'm never going to be able to be that type of person, then what? Do I want to be... Do I want to be a low life? Do I want to be able to just like end it all now? Do I want to be able to like, or do I want to like change someone's life today? What if I want to do something for me? If that's not going to, if not, if I can accept, not accept, but if I can consider the very worst case scenario and feel it, feel it in my body, all of that nastiness, horribleness, darkness, and then be like, okay, so now that I see that, then what? You will find that that's all of a sudden it's like, oh, he's not fighting. My, e- my ego, my inner child is like, oh, he's not wanting to fight anymore? Oh, well, I can, I can put these walls down. And I, I can actually start healing a little bit. Because if I don't have to fight myself, then I can have conversations with him. I can share the worst thoughts to him or her. And then they're going to not just like shove me away. They're going to listen. And you all of a sudden take back your power. And guess what? When we take back our power, what happens when we're trying to attract somebody else? They come back to us. Not come back necessarily, but we attract them. Those values, we attract that person. So I'm not saying that like do these steps and you're going to get what you want because that right there is you fighting your ego because you're, you're focused on an outcome. That's what all of us do. We set goals and we try to create an outcome. I'm telling you it's the exact opposite. It's considering the fact that you may never get what you want, that you did some horrible things, that you are a person that struggles with certain things, and that's going to prevent you from it. Like whatever it is, worst case scenario, it's looking at all the nooks and crannies. How deep can you go in the pain cave? 
How deep can you actually not accept, but how can you consider all of those things and taking full accountability for it and sitting in it for as long as you can and then saying, oh, if this is all true, maybe some of it was true that happened that you chose to do. Doesn't define who you are, but that's what you chose to do. Whether you were in control or not, then what? When we can actually look at that, our souls can start coming out because I will guarantee you not one of us on this earth, if we can look at our darkest and we can consider it for what it actually is and we actually take the, the moment to consider, like, then what? We're not going to do something that's horrible. We might actually do something healthy. We might actually do something healthy for other people. And that will begin the change. I've talked a lot. That's okay. <laughs> but it, it's so counterintuitive. But that is the way through but even listening to my words, it's like, okay, this is paradoxical because like, I'm telling you, this is the way, this is the path. But then if you assign an outcome, it's like, well, but he told me if I do this, then I'm going to have this outcome. You have to surrender that. It may, that's the, that's the point. It's, you have to let go. You have to know that even I've said this and it may be true that it won't happen for you. You have to consider that and you have to be okay with that. You have to feel it in your body. It is, I'm, I'm still alive. I'm still breathing. Well, if I'm still breathing, I'm still alive. I have a purpose for something. Maybe I don't even believe in God. Maybe I don't believe in any of that. It's like, okay, but I'm, I'm here. I'm sitting on a chair. I'm breathing. What am I going to do? If, if I have nothing left to live for, what am I going to do? It's usually like in those moments that we surrender. change you everything know, for like, us. That's so huge. It's so huge. Because I was basically just stepping away from the ex, you know, yeah. because I just felt like that's the only, he wants to be left alone, so just leave him alone. And so then I did my real, my real heavy grieving, right, right, over the two months. And then he reached back out to me, and then he pulled it away, saying, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have reached out to you, I shouldn't have done that. Thanks. <laughs> Do you know? And just like that type of like ups and downs. Mm-hmm. Well, you obviously came towards me for a reason again, mm -hmm. like because you couldn't think of anyone else to call. And now you're apologizing for reaching out to me. And what that says to me is you don't you didn't want to. Right. Yeah. And so all of these ups and, and in my soul, Aaron, it's just saying to leave him alone. Yeah. It's saying to leave him alone. It doesn't mean to stop loving him. It doesn't mean any of those things. It's just leave him alone. Give him what he wants. That sucks. Yeah, it does. I have to, okay? Yeah. Because I look at this and I'm like, you have to look at all the facts here of what's happening. He left you, okay? Mm -hmm. There's step one. You've been reaching out to him, texting, asking how he's doing, how his life is going, and not one fucking time did he ever ask you back. Yeah. Okay, there's step two. Step three. He does reach out with the dog, and then when he gets comfortable enough and he's not sad and devastated to the point that he was, the contact stops mm -hmm. again. But I keep going because I'm just like, no, I've got I've to get as close as I can to him. I'm not surrendering. 
right? I have a chance with this guy again if I could just get in there because he's at a weak point with his dog, right? And so I, I really can just show up for him and be there for him. And he's going to see that Romy is the girl for him mm-hmm. because she showed up for me. It's a facade. All of it. Yeah. All of it. And I was honestly, subconsciously trying to just uh, hold him, you know? And any tiny little thing, Aaron, any tiny little thing was just enough to possibly get him back. There's several reasons why I don't like being in that position. And there's even more why I will not continue to be. Right. Um. But yeah, the last couple of days, I just kind of thought if I surrender and let him go, he'll feel that energy and he'll also let go and he won't try anymore either. I want to correct that, though. So what you'll find just like in, you know, I think we talked about this in a past episode as well. Magnetism. Mm -hmm. So like personal magnetism, you they they always say like they always come back when you're ready to move forward right. you're ready to move on and and that's a real thing too i i want i just hope the listeners understand when i talk about surrender so many times we talk about it in within the religious context or construct you know and it's like oh i gotta i gotta ask forgiveness and i gotta approach god and and do all these things you have to surrender to your ego and that is what i'm talking about you are facing the demon who is you inside how you move through it how it works out in the outcome that's where god comes in but you are literally looking within and ex- and considering the very worst parts of how you behaved what you did and who you consider yourself to be and that's when truth can be manifest and that's the hardest part because even when you get a glimpse guess what happens your ex-boyfriend will start coming right back or an ex-boyfriend will start coming right back and we get tested. And then when I say tested, I just mean that like, yeah, when you, when you carry a natural energy that's higher, you're going to attract a lot of stuff that's not necessarily meant for you. And then it's just a question of like, what do you truly believe? I was holding on to things, you know, like him telling me, I love you, but it's like a 12 to one ratio, Mm -hmm. you know, that's a big ratio. (laughs) <laughs> too big right i would tell him like i still love you and all of these things he would ignore all of the messages yeah. and then he finally got a conscience mm. i didn't say anything he finally got a conscience and was like i just wanted you to know i'm not ignoring your messages interesting you must have felt me right mm. and then he says i do love you i love you too and i thought it's too fucking late yeah it's too late for all that because that was like days ago, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so I finally have reached a point where it's just like, I finally reached a point where my business career is taking precedence over relationships, to be honest with you. Um, you know, and the gym goals. Yeah. Because, I don't know, I, I just kind of, I'm surrendering the entire love story and i also find other things interesting that married married friends talk to me about um problems that they're having 
and then I just want to be married so bad again. <laughs> and you're like, wait a minute. And I literally, <laughs> my friend literally looks at me and says, be careful what you wish for. Mm-hmm. You might not want to be in a relationship right now. Mm-hmm. And I thought, gosh, when I was married, I would have changed all these things. And when I was with my ex, I would have changed all these things. And now I would just give anything to have him back. Yeah. What a weird dynamic, right? Yeah. What a weird dynamic. I, I also want to bring up one thing there, Sharon. I'm not saying this is you, by the way. It probably but is. No, but I've, I, I've had an experience with someone else that said something that I don't, I don't know her intentions. I don't know anything about her, but we connect on Instagram, whatever. And she basically said, like, I just, I just need to do me. I need to focus on me right now. You know, she got out of a relationship, you know, a couple of weeks ago or whatever. Um, that when you're saying that, like, I'm focusing on work, I'm focusing on gym, I'm focusing on these things, nothing wrong with that. To me, though, that's, that's not necessarily surrender. Surrender is all the things. It can't just be selective. And so what that means right. is, is that, like, if I'm completely surrendering, I'm not saying that, and, and, and it's the thing, it's like, you're not necessarily in a place to date if you can't do this. That's the point. But if you can, then you know that, like, you're on the right path. Yeah. And so, like, when you can surrender all of it, then God, the universe, will bring into your life what you actually need to focus on. It's, that's the part of the process. Yesterday was a great day of that. Yeah. You know, today is different. Sure. Right? I mean, today you say, I'm hey, trying to control my to-do list. You had other ideas. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Right? Like, today's yeah. I'm trying to control my to-do list and what am I, what do I have to accomplish, you know, and those types of things. Yesterday I just kind of woke up and step by step, like, prayed what God wants me to do. Yeah. And it wasn't a good day or a bad day. It was just like a whoa, that's weird. Yeah. That's weird. Mm-hmm. You know, like law of attraction, like twilight mm-hmm. zone, magical, weird things happening. Yeah. Um, and today, I don't know, maybe it's the weather or maybe it's, I, I just want blue sky. <laughs> I, <laughs> I just need some freaking sun, man. I know. That's all like, I'm kind of reached my limit with, uh, with all of it. Yeah. Like where's the tropical vacation? Because this smoke is just it's out of its mind. Right. So I think that's probably playing into it, even though weather usually doesn't with me. Yeah. I'm finally just antsy enough that I'm just like, I, I swear I will hit the car and put the dogs in there and find it. Yeah. Right. So, um, but yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna have to take the full surrender of everything because. Yeah. You can't pick and choose. We can't. And it's funny too. Like for me, I mean, I kind of have the opposite, like for the longest time I have felt like my partner is out there. And so you talk about resiliency, like I've gone through the paces. I don't give up on people. I don't, you know, I don't give up period in that pursuit, but it's not like in all cases, in most cases, was I like chasing, but I also find myself like even, like even yesterday, for example, like right now I'm not on dating apps. Yeah. I'm single, For sure. but every day I check in with myself. And I'm like, because I have other things that I'm, you know, career and all that, that I'm focused on too. But because of that full surrender, I have to check in. I'm like, so it's not so much as God's telling like, yes, now son, you can go and like (laughs) get on dating apps. No, but like after I'm like, how do I feel? It's like, well, 
I don't feel bad about it. I don't feel good. So what do I do? It's usually the answers come in the doing. And so I download the dating apps yesterday. And like within like just a couple seconds, I didn't even have like you download the, the typical ones, right? So there's like three or four. And, and so I download them. And then like within just like two swipes, I'm like, nope, not the right time. I could totally feel it. So I didn't even have to, I didn't even have to access the other ones that I downloaded. I just deleted them. And, you know, and that's, and that's just part of it. It's, it's not like phase one, six months, this is what you got to do. No, you got to check in with yourself and with God regularly to be able to know what that next step is. And for those that are agnostic or those that, you know, are atheists, like your higher power, your inner self, if you don't, and if you don't believe in any of that, like one, my apologies, but two, I, what I can say is, is you can look at logic. What is, how is your body responding to the experiences that you're having right in that moment? And if your body is responding in a way that's unhealthy, then you can take that action. Yeah. I I think it goes much deeper personally, but that's just me in my opinion. So anyway, we, we talked about unicorn hunting. We talked about the struggle. We shared some experiences here. How do we do that? We talked about the disassociation. It's about the values. It's not about the person. And you have to grieve how you got into it and through it, not just the end piece where you got hosed or you knew it was time to pull away. Then we talked about like, how do we actually go unicorn hunting? And we understood that it's not about an actual person that you're like visualizing. That's important when you're talking about law of attraction, but it's about the values. And then Romy just shared some great insights with us too about her own life and experience. So anything else? No, I just love that we do this because it's such a personal journey. Yeah. And I hope that people can respect it for what it is. Right. Uh, We're not the craziest podcast out there. We're not the, you know, we don't have doctorate degrees and all of these things, but we have real life, (laughs) just kidding, (laughs) real life, hurtful, joyful, right. Triumphal, um, experiences mm-hmm. and i think people can really learn from us aaron i really do today i think was was awesome and on point um and i really think that people can relate to us yeah i hope i'm gauging that correctly but yeah because we're so vulnerable right. sharing our experiences this this stuff isn't easy guys for us like it's not right we don't want to we don't want to trash exes we don't want to put people on you know on spotlight or whatever in a spotlight um but, yeah, I mean, these are our own vulnerable experiences through yeah. hopefully which you guys can learn from yeah. something. And we hope that you all do. So Yeah, and who knows about the future with, with anybody. And that's the thing. It's just like wh- wh- I don't believe you are. I am not holding on to any past relationship that I've had. I've com- like I said, I've completely surrendered that. But not assigning labels and truly looking at what my soul is telling me and going with that like that can bring anybody back into the picture if you're thinking about a past x or whatever but trust your when i say trust your gut you know check in check in with yourself know where you're at and know that like unicorns are the values it's not the actual person and you will attract that person that has those values when it's the right time well thanks aaron thank you Romy. yeah okay thanks guys we'll see you Thanks for listening to The Romy and Aaron Show. Make sure and follow us on Spotify or Apple to get the latest episodes. You can also follow me on Facebook at Romy Estes Meston.
And you can follow me on Instagram at Aaron Says. So until the next episode, be kind and use your wise mind. And, and save, save a horse, ride a unicorn. unicorn.